What is the Holy Ghost Church? Well, the Holy Ghost Church is maybe not what a lot of people think it is. One person has a slice of what they think a Holy Ghost Church is. They have a slice of what they think that is. And so to some people, the Holy Ghost Church, I'll just tell you, my favorite some things of the Holy Ghost is I love to rejoice and laugh and dance and run. But that's just a slice. Uh, the same Holy Ghost that will have you do that will have you on your face with your hand, uh, you know, hands lifted up, uh, you know, just silent before the Lord. The same Holy Ghost, he's a teacher. So sometimes people think, well, you know, a Holy Ghost church means it's rambunctious. No, sometimes the Holy Ghost church is taking notes. Because what is the Holy Ghost? Whatever the Holy Ghost is doing. You know, a Holy Ghost church is a church where there's just work. You know, people say this sometimes, and I get what they're meaning. Church was so good today, pastor didn't even preach. I mean... You know, that, that bothers me. But, but, you know, I know what they're saying is we got into a deep place in worship, and it was amazing. But I also said this is the very beginning. You can't have a Holy Ghost church without the Word. So a Holy Ghost church has to be a Word church. A word church, why is that? Well, Mark 16, 20, and they went forth everywhere and preached the word. And the word, the Lord worked with them. The Lord, the Holy Ghost, worked with them, confirming his word with signs following. There is no confirmation. There is no demonstration. Paul said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came to you with a demonstration. A demonstration only happens when the word of God is preached. When the word of God is proclaimed, that's the only thing. The Holy Ghost is not going to confirm my opinions. And he's not, if he's not going to do mine, I know it because my opinions are pretty good. But he's not going to confirm yours either. He's not in the business of confirming people's opinions. And then we have to be very careful because people say, well, I just believe. Well, I don't, don't be mad. Everybody, everybody with me? Don't be mad. I don't care what you just believe. God doesn't care what you just believe. Tell me what the Word says. Tell me what the Word says. That's the only place that you have a a right to. Well, as a Christian, I can believe, you know, there's many ways to interpret it. There's not. There's a way. And I don't know all the a way. I'm still learning. Are you still learning? Nobody has arrived. Nobody has the corner on the market of everything right. But, But God is not confused. There's not many ways. Just Jesus is kind of narrow. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am life. No man. And so there's the right way and there's a wrong way. But see, the Holy Ghost, if he's going to confirm something, he's not going to confirm my opinion. And he's not going to confirm your opinion. And so I can't establish my beliefs. I, I don't get a belief and then go to the Word to try to find it. I go to the Word to form my beliefs. Are you with me? So a Holy Ghost church is just a church, the word church, where the Holy Ghost moves. Um, And and then I want to bring this up to you. There's all different kinds of services. You can have an evangelistic service. What's the purpose of an evangelistic service? Well, an evangelistic service would be the main purpose is not to feed the believers, but is to get people born again. So an evangelistic service, you would preach about Jesus, the cross, the blood, uh, what Jesus did. Out of the Gospels, you might pick a, a message and, and see some, and there, should, there can be demonstration of God's power. And so that's an evangelistic meeting. And I'm not going to get all kinds of meetings, but then the other kind of meeting is a believer's meeting. Which, uh, you know, uh, and you'll, you understand when a church is called to do a certain thing uh, on Sunday morning, then that's what the service is going to be around. So if a church on Sunday morning is all they're concerned about is the, uh, um, the people that are not born again, how many know that's a great thing to do? 
and, and, and that's fine. But what happens in that kind of an atmosphere is that the believer is never taught and the believer never grows up and the believer is never discipled. And so then they have to go to extra steps to get discipled. I believe you can have a mixture. I just did. I just, the Holy Ghost just showed you. you can, we can minister to the lost. We can minister to those that um, are away from God. But when you come to church, I think especially on a Sunday and definitely on a Wednesday, it needs to be a believer's meeting. What is a believer's meeting? Well, it's where you're taught. It's where you're trained. It's where you grow up. It's where you're discipled. And it takes what to grow you up? It takes the Word to grow you up. And in that, though, then the Holy Ghost can move because it's the Word. It's doctrine. Amen. Are you with me? And so who is the Holy Ghost Church? So I left you last time. Oh, my gosh. I left you last time. I looked at the clock. I left you last time, and we were talking about a Holy Ghost Church. At least the majority of the believers in that Holy Ghost Church ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. Are you going to talk about that on a Sunday morning? Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to. Aren't you afraid? Never. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost, you can't put him in a back room and expect him to show up in the front room when you want him. He's a person. Remember we talked about You can offend him. You can offend him. You can offend him. He's the last person I want. I said person. He's the last person I want to offend. The Holy Ghost is not an it. He's a person. The third person of the Trinity, God, the Holy Ghost. And I don't want to offend him. Do you want to offend him? No, I need him. Amen. Now, aren't you grateful that God's merciful and kind? And he works with us no matter where we're at. But I said, you know, so if you're going to have a Holy Ghost church, then the majority of the people ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I really don't have time to go over everything I went over last time three weeks ago. But um, you can see from the Word of God that Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and other places that the initial evidence of someone being baptized in the Holy Ghost, and, and you know, Jesus, Matthew three eleven, he's the baptizer of the Holy Ghost in fire. That initial evidence is speaking in other tongues. Um, I don't believe it's a evidence. I believe it's the evidence. Um, And so uh, I was going to go get a book from our bookstore. Kenneth E. Hagin, uh, after he passed, went home to be with the Lord. They compiled a bunch of his teaching. It's called The Upper Room. Everything you ever want to know about other tongues. And I know that's not a title he would have put on it, but I'm glad they put that title on it. Because if you have any questions about this, you should get that book. Listen to me. And if you can't, you don't have the money to get that book, um, not, not only if you don't have the money, I want you to get that book so bad that I will, we will bless you with that. We will bless you, but, but I'm serious. I'm not talking about is, is I was going to spend 50 bucks, uh, you know, at the movies. So give me that book for free. And that's what I'm not talking about. I mean, you're in a place where you need to hear this. Listen, if you're a born-again believer, now listen, when you're doing an evangelistic sermon, you wouldn't preach about the baptism of the Holy Ghost heaven and speak of their tongues. Someone who's not born again doesn't need to hear about tongues yet. They need to hear about Jesus. They need to hear about the cross. They need to hear about the blood. They need to hear about who he is and how good he is. But I mean the minute they get born again. How many of you, don't, how many of you want everything? I used to do it this way. Do you want everything that, after I get them born again? Do you want everything God has for you? Well, he's got more. Hallelujah. Do you want more? 
And they used to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you about this. And then right after that, I, pray, I showed them what the Word says about getting filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but right after salvation, getting filled with the Holy Ghost and being the ability to speak in other tongues changed my life. Hallelujah. One of the things we're going to say again, it doesn't make us superior Christians. Now, and if you believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for a certain class of people, the holy ones, the mature ones, those who've got it all together, and you're just waiting until you get it all together, till you apply, then you're wrong. It's just like salvation. It's a free gift. It's just like healing. It's a free gift. It's for every born-again believer who will believe and receive and yield. It doesn't make us better than people who are not filled with the Holy Ghost. Because I've had people say to me, well, I live a better life than some of you tongue talkers. And you know what? That's probably true. Because the fruit of the Spirit is Messiah maturity. But if the Lord, how many know Jesus is always right? I was not going to review this much. Hallelujah. How many know Jesus is always right? Who's the head of this church? If you said, Pastor Mark, you're wrong. Jesus is the head. Jesus is the word. And Jesus is right. And he said in Mark chapter 16 that believers would speak with new tongues. Now, let me ask you something. I know nobody's signing up for it, but it's the best illustration I've got because it'll jar you a little bit. If you was having to have brain surgery, would you rather have someone who knew what they were doing or somebody who just, you'd be number one? I remember when my sister first started cutting hair. I was number one. Now, my sister's really good at it now. But I, and, that's, and I like my free hearers because I remember being number one. Hallelujah. And she did a pretty decent job. But if you were going for that, listen to me. Why would you listen to someone about other tongues and the things of the Spirit from someone who doesn't even speak in tongues? Why would you even bother? Why did the Lord, by the Holy Ghost, have Paul... What was Paul's, one of his claim to fame was, I thank my God, I speak in tongues. He was from South Jerusalem. I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than y'all. Right? That's King James. I'm trying to wake some of you up. Hallelujah. And so the Lord didn't use Peter. He could have used anybody else, but in this situation, he used Paul. What church did the Lord address? What book is this in? It's in Corinthians. Why did he address the Corinthians about this instead of the church at Ephesus or the church at Colossae? Why? Because they were tongue prayers. They were tongue talkers. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14 is the one who speaks in tongues more than you all by the Holy Ghost is is adjusting, it's a spiritual chiropractor, he's adjusting those who have gotten a little out of order, but he's talking to a bunch of people who know about praying in and speaking in tongues. And if you don't study this right, chapter 14 will mess somebody up, especially those who don't practice praying in the Holy Ghost. Because it goes back and forth between a message in tongues... And praying in tongues. 
And he's talking to people who understand the difference, and he understands the difference. But if you come at it from, because I had uh, relatives that say, well, see, it says right there, you know, uh, everybody doesn't speak in tongues. And they use, are all apostles? What's the answer? No. Are all prophets? What's the answer? No. And then it goes on to say, do all speak in tongues? What's the answer? No. But it's talking about a message in tongues. All right? So we reviewed a little bit more. So you've got to understand what it is. But so I'm talking to believers this morning. Because we got everything all cleared up. Amen. How many of y'all going? If you, it, don't, we're not going anywhere, but if, if, if this was it for you, how many are you going to heaven? Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Are you born again? If you're born again, then this message is for you. Amen. So I'm in the right church, the right place. I'm with a bunch of believers, and I don't know where you are on this, but this is a Holy Ghost church. And there's no pressure from God to get filled, but if I can show you the benefits of it, uh, wouldn't you want everything that God has for you? Amen. So we're going to talk about the benefits of being filled with the Holy Ghost and the benefits of praying in other tongues. We're not talking about speaking in other tongues or giving a message in other tongues because that needs an interpretation. We're talking about when you got filled with the Holy Ghost, Jesus baptized you with the Holy Ghost and fire, and your initial evidence, evidence was speaking in other tongues or praying in other tongues. So the word pray and speak sometimes is interchanged, but you have to understand there's a difference in praying in a heavenly prayer language and you giving a message in tongues. That must be interpreted. That has a whole separate different bunch of rules than praying in the Holy Ghost. Now everybody in this room, if you're born again, oh, you ought to let Jesus baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. You ought, you ought, to, be, you ought to speak in other tongues because here are the benefits. Number one, it is the initial evidence that you are filled. Acts chapter 2, 4, we're not going to go through that again. Um, 1 Corinthians, let's turn there. 1 Corinthians uh, 14. Again, and I may point some things out along the way, but if you ever want to go to Bible Institute, fourth quarter, uh, well, I think we're going to change it. But I teach a class myself on the Holy Spirit, and I'll get it, I get into some of these, uh, the difference between a message in tongues versus praying in the Holy Ghost. And I don't really have time to do it all right now. But it says this in verse 4, he that speaks or prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. He that prophesies edifies the church. So uh, when you pray, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, what does the Bible say? Edify. What does that mean? To build up. So number one, being filled with the Holy Ghost, the initial, it is the initial evidence that you are filled, that you are baptized with the Holy Ghost. Number two, when you pray in tongues, everybody say, when I pray, what does it do? It will build you up. How many know sometimes in life we need built up? You have someone on the inside of you, the Spirit of God, who will give you utterance in other tongues. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it will build you up. It will build you up. And this is an hour with everything going on. I don't know about you, but when I, when I get out there and when I see things, sometimes it tries to pull things out of me. It tries to weigh me down. But when I pray in the Holy Ghost, it edifies, it builds me up. Um, I like this one, John chapter 14. Number three, um, being filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, reminds me, praying in other tongues reminds me that, uh, that God lives in me. Do you know, sometimes some of you have been doing it for a long time. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost 30 plus years. 
And, um, I, you know, I can talk to you about uh, when I got filled. I mean, it was a little bit of a struggle for me to get filled because nobody was really teaching me, so I had to find my way through. Um, and I finally got there. And that's why we do it so much is because I spent months, if, if not more, trying to figure out all these people in this little charismatic church went to. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in other tongues, and were happy. And they were able to pray to God in a way that I couldn't. And all I could say was, um, I want that. I, need to, I want to talk to God like that. I want to get in there like that. And so I didn't really know how, but I found my way in there. But in John chapter 14, I like this, a very familiar verse of Scripture. It says in verse 16, I will pray the Father, and he'll give you another comforter. And that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, so the Holy Ghost, the comforter, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Whom the world cannot receive. So they can't receive the Holy Ghost living on the inside of them until they get born again. Because they see him not, neither know him, but you know him. Everybody say, I know him. Why? Because he dwells in you, and he, and he shall be in you. And then I want to look at this um, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, out of the Amplified Classic. 1 Corinthians 14, 14, out of the Amplified Classic. It says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. And then it goes on to say, my mind is unproductive, it bears no fruit, and it don't help anybody. But let's concentrate on the first part. So I'm, what I'm saying is, when I pray in other tongues, it reminds me, God lives in me. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, it, it remind, I am, 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 6, 19, I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. God lives in me. Was it Smith Wigglesworth used to look in the mirror and point at himself and say, God lives in you. Come on, be God inside you minded. It's not you, it's God in you. Come on, it's God in you. You're just a temple. This is just a house you live in. But the moment you got born again, the Spirit of God lives in you. And when you got filled with the Holy Ghost, see, when you got born again, you got a well of salvation. But remember, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence speaking in other tongues speaks of rivers flowing up out of you. And when I pray in the Holy Ghost, I am reminded. And sometimes, if you've been doing it a long time, you need to just stop. And go, God lives in me. Because that can't come anywhere but from God. That's God. No, God. I know somebody, yeah. No, I'm telling you, it's God. And so it's, it's God. It's really God. It's the Holy Ghost. See, if you come too familiar with it, you kind of, but every once in a while, as you're praying the Holy Ghost, you just might know stop and go, that's God. God lives in me. God's talking through me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Other things that praying in the Holy Ghost to do, Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Is sometimes we get to, how many of you know you should always pray the word? We teach you that around here. You should pray the word. The word should be the first thing you pray. Because what you pray, what you know. Uh, the the uh, epistles are full of inspired prayers. When you go to the Lord, you should take the word to him and you should pray the word. But there comes times that after you prayed the word and you're standing, that it will help to add this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps. That word help is, it means this. It means to take hold 
of opposite together, or I like it this way, to take hold together with against. So the literal meaning is to take hold of opposite together or take hold together with against. So when you pray in the Spirit, when the Holy Ghost helps you, and that word infirmities is an unfortunate translation, but in the King James, what does it mean? It's just a weakness. What's a weakness? I don't, I, I've got this weakness. I don't know it. I don't know what's going on. I have this weakness. Thank God, though, that the Holy Ghost, when I yield my tongue to him in prayer, in prayer, in, when I pray in the Holy Ghost, he takes hold together with me against something that's trying to harass me. Hallelujah. Man, if you all weren't here, I'd just take off right now and take care of something. Hallelujah. I take hold together with against. Anytime the devil opposes you, yeah, the devil doesn't understand what you're praying in tongues, but the Spirit of God will grab a hold with you in your weakness. You don't know what you need. You don't know what you need. You've prayed the word. You're standing. But then this is extra. Wouldn't you want extra help? Wouldn't you? If God's providing something, don't you want it? If he's made this available, well, you know, that'd be like, you know, if you need two hands to work on something and you just use one instead and, and you're going to, and you're, 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 you have a weakness, get your hand out of your pocket and use both. Well, this is what the Holy Ghost is doing. As a born-again believer, he said, yes, you're going to heaven. Yes, you're saved. But I got something extra. I got something extra. I got something extra. That's why he told him, don't leave Jerusalem until you've been empowered from on high. Because you can't navigate this world without the Holy Ghost. He said, likewise, the Spirit also helps, stands together with against our weaknesses. For sometimes, we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit, Himself, don't like itself, Himself, makes intercession. He grabs a hold with us when it's hard. Have you ever had it hard? Have you ever felt like giving up? Have you ever felt like Scratching your head and saying, I've done everything I know to do. I don't know what else to do. But you can lift your hands. And you can begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost, will t- and you, can know, you know it. If you've been praying in the Holy Ghost, you know it when he takes hold. Amen. There's been sometimes when I pray about something, they'll say, Lord, because you say, well, when you pray in tongues, you don't know what you're praying about. That's just silliness. The Lord's not going to have you praying about China if you got a need in your life. Now, he may get you to work through that, and he's going to know why you're here. Can we talk about this? Can you help me out? That'll happen. But there's times when you just, you, you just don't know. Well, we should know. Well, the Holy Ghost will help you know. But he makes intercession. And he's talking about believers. He makes intercession for us. With groaning that cannot be uttered. Verse 27. And he that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit. He he knows the perfect answer. Now when you pray in tongues, you think you're praying about the weather? 
Shandalala, how's the weather up there? No, it's not like that. When you're praying the Holy Ghost, you're praying by the Holy Ghost. What did the Holy Ghost do? Well, he inspired the living word of God. I believe for the most part, you're praying the will, the word of God. So there's no you in it. I'm going to help you out. There's no you in it. There's no, you know, God puts something in your heart sometimes and then we clutter it up with how we think he's going to do it or what we think he ought to do. Better yet, how we think he, how he ought to do and when he ought to do. But this will get you out of it. This will get you out of it. Now, am I saying just pray in the Holy Ghost only? No, no, no. I really firmly believe you should start with the word. The word is the safest access into the realm of the spirit. And so you should always go word first. You should always, are you with me? You should always go word first. Because it's the safest. Jesus, he is the word. And he said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. So the word of God well, is the, the, the safe, is the access into the realm of spirit. So if you're concerned about wrong spirits, but listen to me. We already looked at this last week. But if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you a scorpion. He's not going to give you something false because a natural father wouldn't do that. How much more is he going to give you? the Holy? If you're born again, it's safe. I said if you're born again, it's safe. You're not going to get something wrong. Hallelujah. Oh, help us. Hallelujah. What is the mind? Is it because he makes intercession for us? We, okay. So how many know? So praying in tongues is praying in the perfect will of God, even when you don't know. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Are you grateful that you can pray in the Holy Ghost? Are you grateful that you can pray in other tongues? Jude 20. Jude 20. Number five, praying in other tongues will stimulate, stimulate your faith. Jude 20. Beloved, talking to you, are you his beloved? Build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now listen to me, praying in tongues will not get you faith. I have to help people with this because this has been, uh, this is something misunderstood. Well, I'm going to pray in tongues and it'll, it'll help my faith. Now listen to me, how does faith come? What is the only way faith comes? Faith only comes by hearing and hearing a rhema Christos. It only comes from the word. That's the only way you can get faith. I can't pray, I can't lay my hands on you and pray that you would have faith. Lord, I pray that they have more faith. That's not the way it comes. The only way it comes is by you hearing and doing and believing. So praying in tongues will not give you faith. Uh, You know, it's like this. um, And praying in tongues will not cause you to be activated. I had this pastor friend of mine, and he saw um, how God used me. And he asked me how God used me. I said, well, a lot of times when the Lord, you know, I I spend some extra time praying in the Holy Ghost, and it seems like it stirs up some things, and it's easier for me to move in the things of the Spirit. He said, well, I want to do that. And and so he said, I'm going to pray in other tongues. And so he spent extra, you know, hours upon hours praying in the Holy Ghost. And he got back with me, and I was like, so what happened? And he said, um, nope. He said, but I can tell you what. He said, I've taught better than I've ever taught in my life. 
What did he do? It stirred up his gift. It stirred up his faith. It stirred up where he was. He was a pure teacher. That's who he was. What about your life? Well, it'll stir up whatever you're believing. Now, when you're believing something, you ought to confess the word. You ought to speak the word. But when you're done being filled with the Holy Ghost, you ought to then take that scripture and then just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost over it. And what it'll do, it'll build you up. And you'll come out feeling like a, you know, a conqueror because that's who you are. But you build yourself. You edify. You, you get strong. Uh, your faith, uh, you build upon it. It doesn't give you faith. In other words, if, if you're having trouble uh, with healing, how do you how do you able to receive? Well, you should come to healing school, and then you should also uh, get the Word of God and get some books, uh, look in the Bible, uh, and confess healing scriptures. And then pray in the Holy Ghost. But if you're going to, you can't skip getting the Word. Well, I need healing. Shandalaraba, you know, you know, no. You're going to be built up, but you're going to be built on, up on what you already believe. Praying in tongues does not give you faith. It is not a shortcut. Are, are you understand what I'm saying? Is it important? Invaluable. But you got to keep first things first. How I many? The word is always number one. Amen. Amen. Number six. Turn with me to uh, look at. Let's look at First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse twenty-eight. Now this one goes back and forth. And I want to read it first, and then I want to talk to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 28. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 28. It says, but if there is no interpreter. So he's talking about, in its correct setting, he's talking about a message in tongues. So, so in its correct setting, he's going back and forth between praying and giving a message in tongues. Here he starts out talking about, and really this is primarily talking about, if uh, you're in a setting like this, and someone gives a tongue, it should and must always be interpreted. If there is no interpreter, in other words, you know you have the tongue, but you don't think you have the interpretation, then you should stay silent. Because a tongue that's a message must be interpreted. Now, just take a moment here to remind you again, because people have criticized us and say, so when, you know, you all have prayer meetings, someone's up and they're praying in other tongues, that needs to be interpreted because it's a public service. No, you're wrong. That doesn't need to be interpreted because it's a prayer service. Now, I don't know what you do in your prayer services or what, who you're praying to. If a prayer service just means we're talking back and forth to one another, like the world does, they send their prayers. You know, the world is right to be mad at the church in some ways. God never told you to send your prayers. I send my prayers. Who are you sending them to? Prayers are to be prayed to one audience, God. So sending prayers don't help anybody. But will you want me to pray for you? They should want you to pray for them. Because your prayers, you have an audience with the Most High God. And when he hears you, no, when he hears you, when he hears you, he can now move. Are you with me? Just a little tweak. Is that all right for a little tweak? But see, during a prayer meeting, it doesn't need to be interpreted because it's not a service where I'm talking to one. Paul said when we're in a public service, remember he said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than y'all. 
But when we're together and Paul's up here, he said, I'd rather speak five words that you can understand than 10,000 in an unknown tongue. That's what he's talking about. But a prayer service is to do what? Who you praying to? Does he understand tongues? <laughs> All time. And he's inspired them. Amen. Amen. All right. He said, let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and God. So I think you're mature enough to handle this. So in context, this is talking about a message in tongues. And then if there's no interpreter, everybody should just be quiet. That person should hold it and just speak to himself and to God. But I want you to look at that thing, speak to himself. One of the great abilities about being able to pray in the Holy Ghost is you don't once you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you can learn how to pray in the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Everybody do it right now. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, do it. You can do it on the inside of you. Now, when can you do that? All day. Every day. When can you do Because if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you can pray in tongues everywhere you want. But you don't have to open your mouth. This is a great thing with this gift. Is you can pray on the inside. When do you need God? Well, I just need him about all all time. No, I need him not about. I need him all the time. Now, if you're in a, a, a I have a better um, when I'm at work, I can do it. I can pray out in tongue. I can pray in tongues out loud because I work here, and everybody on my staff is comfortable praying in other tongues. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost, so I can walk down the halls, and sometimes I do. When I'm working on something, I'll pray in the Holy Ghost. I can pray in the admin in the Holy Ghost. Now I'll look around, make sure there's nobody from the outside in there. Because I will tell you this. If you're working um, at your job with a bunch of engineers, I don't think it's probably right. No, I'm going to take the probably out. It's not right for you to stand up in the middle and go, Help me, Lord Jesus. Or you're at the, you know, you're checking out at Kroger. You know, no. No. Pray within. You can get the same thing done. People, you don't need to make a show. It's not about showing up, showing off. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Good for you. Know where you're at. Know where you're at. If everybody in your family. Now, there are times I I was thinking about these two incidents. We had a guy many years ago. He was driving a truck on 565. He rolled it about four or five times without a seatbelt, got out. Not a scratch. And when the ambulance came, he was going, he, full-blown tongues. But they put him in the ambulance because they said, he hit his head. <laughs> hit his head. Hit his head. <laughs> he was just so happy to be alive without a scratch. <laughs> put him in the ambulance. He's fine. I remember when our daughter had something, I guess my wife was in there. And when there's something wrong, you know, it might leak out a little bit. But when you're at work or at Kroger, you sure it's not Kroger's? It's just Kroger. No S? All right. Um, I don't know why that's a prep P with Robert. Anyway, but how many of you know you probably shouldn't pray in the line in other tongues out loud? You can do it within. 
Get the same thing done. If you want to pray out loud, it's because you want people to see. Well, I can't help it. No, you can. No, you can. Well, I just can't help it. Yeah, you can. Let him speak to himself and to God. This is real good, right? But how many know we can pray in other tongues all the time? You can do it at work. Did you know, I, when I was first learning this, I, I didn't know all this stuff. I just kind of stumbled into a lot of it. But when I was an accountant, when I had an accounting problem and I'd done everything my brain knew to do, I'd pray in the Holy Ghost. Not out loud, because I worked with a bunch of heathen. They wouldn't have understood that, and it had been wrong. But I thank God somehow I knew to pray in, inside. But you know, God knows accounting problems. He knows engineering problems. He knows teaching problems. He knows your business problems. And you can pray it out, amen. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. Are you all going to come back next Sunday? Are you all going to come back next Sunday? All right. You're going to come back next Sunday. I really wanted to get this done today, but you're so much fun to preach to. Hallelujah. And teach. This is important. So I don't want to rush through it. This is important. Because if you get this stable, solid in your heart, uh, you'll have more faith. Proverbs 12, 6 says, prophesy in proportion to your faith. People ask me all the time who hang out with me sometimes, they're like, how did you develop your prayer language? How did you get proficient in the things of the Spirit? Well, it didn't come with practice. Well, yeah, that's how it comes. No, that's very natural. It comes with longevity. Nope. I know people who've been praying in the Holy Ghost, they're, they're still praying the same way they did when they started. It's a faith thing. And how do you get faith? I'm giving it to you. Not me personally, but the Word's giving it to you. So when I know the benefits or what the purpose is for praying, it's not just the initial evidence. Some of you grew up in Pentecost church. Maybe you grew up in Church of God and Christ. Maybe you grew up in a Pentecostal denomination. And maybe the only time you ever spoke in tongues was when the Holy Ghost was moving in church. You know, maybe you grew up Church of God, you know, uh, Cleveland. Maybe, maybe you grew up, a, whatever it was. And so mostly they thought, well, other tongues were, were when sister, sister got excited, you know, and, and shook her hair down, and, and, you know, or somebody got the vapors or whatever, and we fanned them or whatever. No, praying in tongues is for every day, all day. Praying in tongues is for every day, all day. And there's benefits of it. It's not just for when you get excited. It's not just for when you get in church. This is a gift with purpose. You can take that scripture down. I'm not going to do it. Um, hallelujah. And so you should want this. 